Preacher shuns his brother Cause his bride's a different color And this is not acceptable His papa told him so It was love that he'd been preaching But this was overreaching The bound restriction further Then his heart would choose to go Welcome back to episode two of Unadulterated, 
where the truth is never underrated. I'm your host, Josiah Emmanuel Salina, alongside my other fellow host, my dear father, Christopher Troy Salina. Today we'd like to start the show with a little bit of commentary that my father has put together um, based on the Word of God as well, including some scripture. And it starts like this. From the first century, the 21st century, the unadulterated Word of God reveals 21 sins of rebellion. In the last days, perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. That's number one. Number two, covetous. Number three, boasters. Number four, proud. Number five, blasphemers. Number six, disobedient to parents. Number seven, unthankful. Number eight, unholy. Number nine, without natural affection. Men without it are worse than beasts. Number ten, truce breakers. People who readily promise anything they never intend to perform. Number eleven, false accusers. The principal work of the devil through those striving ever to ruin the characters of others. Number twelve, incontinent, lacking self-restraint, slaves of uncleanness. Number thirteen, fierce, violent display of aggressiveness. Fourteen, despisers of those who are good. Those who do not love the good must be radically bad themselves. Number fifteen, traitors. Those who deliver up to an enemy the person who has put his life in their hands. Number sixteen, heady. Intoxicated to the point of affecting the mind and senses greatly, rash and inconsiderate. Number seventeen, high-minded. Those who are full of themselves and empty of all good. Number eighteen, lovers of pleasure. Sensual gratification is their god. Number 19, more than lovers of God. Number 20, having a form of godliness. 21, but denying the power thereof. These men claimed to have a relationship with God, with all the outward trappings of religiosity, without a a real reunion with Yeshua, Jesus, from such turn away. Those who empty religion Those with empty religion, sorry, are lovers of themselves. Lovers of self, lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, rather than lovers of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 2 and 4. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. That's taken from 1 John 5, verse 4. Revelation 3, verse 21 says, To him that overcometh will I, Yeshua, Jesus, grant to sit with me. Jesus on my throne, even as I also overcame, and sat down with my Father in his throne. Revelation 3, verse 21. So tell us, Christopher Troy Selina, what inspired you to put this Facebook post? By the way, if you want to follow Christopher Troy Selina on Facebook, you can find him under Christopher, C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R, Selina, S-A-L-I-N-A, on Facebook. You can befriend him. Or you can also look up Jesus Restoration Ministries fan page to follow the ministry. And you can find more of Christopher Troy Selina's posts like these and many more on those pages. So what inspired you to post this up recently? What inspired me was the promise return of our Lord Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. There is a great expectation and anticipation for his return in our generation. 
And I believe more than ever that his divine intelligence will crush every demonic intelligence. Because there are a lot of demons out there think they're very intelligent in the times we're living in. Well, the fact of the matter is demons are intelligent just for all the wrong reasons. Because you must remember that Lucifer, being a created angel of God was the genius of all music in heaven. So he had to have some form of intelligence in order to be the master of music because we see how much music has dominated the world from that time till now. So it's not to say that Lucifer is dumb. It's just to say that in light next to the power and knowledge and wisdom of God, he is looking foolish. So when you compare the created to the creator, Everything of man, of the devil, of earthly things, pales in comparison to the power, knowledge, wisdom, and intelligence of the Creator. What you read earlier on in the introduction, I'm thinking that this very intelligent first century theologian, Paul, probably one of the most brilliant minds of his day, asked us to understand the culture in our time. And from the 1st century to the 21st century, the culture seemed to be pretty much the same. Nothing seemed to have really changed. Paul was living in our day. For him to tell us that, you know, perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves. This seemed to be the basic sin of humanity. From the first century, we fast forward 20 centuries later, and this self-indulgent life is all around us. Yes, everywhere you go in today's world screams indulgence. One of the number one places I like to put in the indulgence category is what they call the impulse section of the grocery store. Whenever you go to your local grocery store and you stop by the cashier, that's what they deem the impulse section. That's where they like to put the chocolates, the sweets, the dirty magazines, the Coca-Colas, the Fantas, all that jazz. So as soon as you get out the cashier, there's stuff tempting you last minute. Anything that could cost anything from a dollar to ten dollars. You know, the latest gossip on People magazine or Vanity Fair. And all that is based on something that you want to indulge with based off of impulse. So... It catches your eye right at the cashier and you say, oh, I forgot about this or I forgot about that. Or, oh, that's really looking appealing to my eye right now. Can you imagine a store with no impulse sections where as soon as you know you got what you came for, there's nothing at the cashier to distract you. We live in a business market, too, that relies on the impulses and indulgence of the flesh. That's why they put all those things by the cashier for people to succumb into those temptations. I actually ran into a situation like that several years ago in Danella, New Jersey. I was very thirsty, and I went into one of these stores that you're referring to to quench my thirst. I picked up the stuff and approached the gentleman at the cashier. I saw all these magazines that you were talking about with uh, women exposing themselves in such a provocative way. I figured if this little bit can be exposed there, only God knows what he had behind the counter. I said to him, 
if you don't do something about these provocative magazines, I am not going to come back here and buy any products from this store. And I will tell my friends also not to come to this store. I said, by the way, do you have any daughters? He says, yes, I have daughters. I said, let me ask you a question. Will you allow your daughters to expose themselves in such a provocative way? He said, no, I will not let my daughters do that. So it says, so what about other people's daughters? He began to see the deceitfulness of riches because here he's selling stuff that can destroy people's lives and marriages, but he will not allow his daughter to participate in it. It was okay for other people's daughters, but not his daughter. Sad truth about this is when ladies show off their skin for these magazines, it's deemed from a realm of insecurity, which is the opposite or illicit form of self-love in the sense where you are so concerned about yourself that you don't love yourself enough that you have to get someone to love yourself for you. And when you need to fulfill this void, you try to get other people to indulge into your flesh for you because what you're doing for yourself is not satisfying enough. But whatever these people indulge from you, whether they're looking at pictures of you or, you know, having sexual relations with you or doing anything of the sort to satisfy flesh, it's still coming towards the common denominator of self-indulgence. Whether you doing this for yourself or trying to entice someone else to indulge in you, it's all still rooted in self-indulgence rather than what can I give to someone that doesn't require them to indulge back into my flesh. That's really how we're supposed to truly be servants of one another, as Jesus instructed us to, is we're supposed to take whatever is, whatever is of ourselves that God has given us and expect nothing in return. That's where the hard part comes in. Because if you're always expecting something in return, that means you are exploiting other people at the expense of them indulging in your selfish desires. God, who is your creator, Josiah, my creator, and those who are listening to us, obviously, he's their creator also, is deprived of the worship that is due to him when the worship of self takes place in a sinful way. Because self-worship at the end of the day I'm talking about self-worship where one loves self in a sinful way at the expense of the destruction of the lives of others. It kind of ties into what I said about when these ladies show their skin off. It's basically because I want someone else to indulge in me because my self-indulgence is not satisfying enough. That leads to someone else's destruction. Because the other person that has to indulge in yourself, which you're enticing to them by showing off your flesh, also brings them down with you. And that's exactly what the devil, devil's mission has been since he fell as Lucifer from heaven. He has been trying to get every other soul out there, whether of the kingdom of God or just living on earth, to come down with him to that eternal hellfire. Because as they say, misery loves company, the devil loves company as well. He wants to bring everybody down with him. Because he's so full of himself 
He wants others to indulge in themselves so much that they fall into the same pit that leaves God out of the equation. So Josiah, would you say that to some extent, every human being loves himself or herself? Yes, in either a righteous way or an evil way. It's one or the other. But there is a, a carnal self that we can love, but there's also a spiritual self that we can love. The spiritual self that we can love is our spirit. Holy Spirit divinely placed into us only when you accept Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. Bad self that we can love is the flesh, the skin that we're in, the one that succumbed to the fallen state of this world. Ever since the fall of man, and since the canopy opened up when Noah's flood occurred, um, from that time onward, before and after, we have always been succumbed to the needs of the flesh more than the needs of our spirit, soul, and body. So we need to have, as one of your favorite terms, is a paradigm shift into the kingdom realm that says, whatever satisfies my soul is more important than the needs of my flesh which are never satisfied because once I have my soul intact everything of the flesh will work out itself just like the Bible says I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread why do you come you know begging to the father does a good father leave his children go hungry um, does the sparrow worry about what's gonna how's they're gonna be taken care of the next day no because all of creation has this assurance that their creator can take care of them. So, you don't have to worry about yourself so much if you know whose hands you're in. When you know who created yourself, yourself no longer becomes top priority because you are actually saying to God that if myself is top priority, you don't trust your creator to take care of you. You are basically saying, I am my own creator. I set the terms of what deems myself secure. And when you go down that path, it leads you down a road of unsatisfaction, self-destruction, and self-love that is so rooted in pride and wickedness that it will exploit anybody or anything at the expense of indulging into that void that is never fulfilled. We love you all. Thank you for tuning in to Unadulterated. God bless you guys.
Yeah.